0: Sari here, with a quick announcement before we get started on this episode. I hope you'll enjoy this episode, by the way. It's all about how to let things go. Sarah and I talk about what we are trying to let go of in our personal and our work lives, what we're struggling with, and what's working well for us. So I hope that you'll get some good tips from this episode. But before we get started, I wanted to announce the upcoming SLP Nourish Crate which is a one-time-only self-care crate that will be sent out in early June to celebrate the beginning of summer. It will be filled with all sorts of things that will help you relax, rejuvenate, and reorganize for the busy summer after getting through a hectic spring. If you'd like more information, visit our main page, slphappyhour.com, or you can also go to slpnourishcrate.com for more information. And now on to the show
1: welcome to the slp happy hour podcast in this podcast we discuss habit change realistic things we're trying to do to make our home and work lives happier and healthier We also share specific how-tos, so you can leave feeling confident about working with your clients. We are the How-To and Habit Change Podcast, and if you're a like-minded SLP, welcome. Let's
0: learn together. This episode, we'll talk about how to let things go. We'll also talk about our own struggles to let
1: things go, what's worked, what hasn't, and what we're trying next. We also talk about things we are making more time for and some SLP wisdom
0: to help you thrive this month. I'm Sari Wu, and I just can't let things go.
1: <laughs> and I'm Sarah Lockhart, and I could only let things go
0: when singing the Disney song, so <laughs> I'm not much better. And together, we are SLP Happy Hour. SLP Happy Hour is a podcast for caring SLPs who want more calm and less chaos in their workday. We talk tips and tricks for making work and home life easier and less stressful. We also openly discuss burnout, lesson fails, and what it's really like to be an SLP. Our goal is to empower SLPs to feel more awesome and confident and to share tips and tricks to make their SLP lives happier and more successful.
1: That's right, and we
0: are passionate
1: about combating perfectionism and helping SLPs create stronger and healthier relationships with their work worlds. And we're in the room where it happens, this show at least, so thanks for having us in your earbuds today. Let's make this happen. So in order to let things go, we start with essentialism. Essentialism means deciding what's essential to you and letting the rest go. We hold on tightly to what's important by allowing ourselves grace to let everything else go. It's not easy to do, and we're talking about it today. Letting things go is, for me, probably one of my greatest personal challenges. I tend to replay things in my head or have trouble forgiving myself or dealing with the unknown. I've gotten better as I've gotten older, but it's not easy to do, so we're talking about it today. Letting things go is, for me, probably one of my greatest personal challenges. So first up today, we'll talk about minimalism as far as your schedule is concerned specifically eight different ways to look at all your to-dos, all your commitments and tasks, and decide if you should keep doing them. Because here's the thing, we can't do it all. You have to choose. So especially when overwhelm sets in, how can you choose what needs to stay and what needs to go?
0: Right. If we are considering minimalism, essentialism, that isn't just talking about our stuff, Granted, that can help too, but we were talking about paring down our schedules and the tasks on our massive to-do lists. How do we do that? Today we are chatting about a book called Essentialism by Greg McEwen and what this book has to teach on ways to pare down what we do so we can let things go and be less overwhelmed. Sarah's a big fan of the book and she's tried to get me to read it. No dice yet, although I did watch a YouTube video with this guy, <laughs> but maybe after today's show, she'll convince me.
1: I hope so. So here are eight takeaways to help when you need to bring minimalism to your schedule and your to-do list. These are things I've learned that have helped me. In fact, I often go back to this book, a um, certain chapter in particular, chapter 14, I think, when things get hectic. So here are some things I've learned and Sarah, you can let me know what you think. First step, which is also tip one, are you really doing your tasks? It's awesome to be a team player, but if you're feeling busy, chances are you are doing other people's work for them too. Are you solving other people's problems for them? Don't. This is a quote I love and it says, don't rob people of their own problems. If we take it and it isn't ours, we are robbing other people from their problems and their ability to solve their own problems. Like we need fences in our yards, we need boundaries in our work lives. If something needs to be done, it's so easy as SLPs and as as helpers to take it on in order to quote-unquote help, but often that means we leave our own work by the wayside. Work is divided up for a reason, and helping others should be an exception rather than a rule. Because if people are inept at their job or just ask for help a lot and aren't doing it, you'll start to do their job and your job. This includes coworkers, secretaries,
0: and sometimes even supervisors. I know that I'm guilty of doing this, and it's also part of my personality type to want to be that helpful And often a yes man. So um, absolutely, I take on other people's tasks and I need to stop Mm -hmm. and make those clear boundaries for sure.
1: Right. Like if someone emails you with a problem as a problem solver and as a helping professional, you think, oh, I could take care of that really quickly. But then you're teaching them that instead of solving their own problems, they can just write you a quick email and Mm -hmm. get it taken care of. So true. I I do this too. So um, number two... Uh the second suggestion is to clear your schedule and start with zero. So seriously, start with zero. Write down everything you do and instead of moving forward and adding and keeping the status quo, um apply zero-based budgeting each year. So each year your current budget goes to zero. Each year your current tasks and commitments go to zero. Or maybe you're just doing it right now today. Um So maybe you write out all your work tasks, all your after-school commitments, and then start with zero. So you have to recommit to that all or not do it at all. And this is great because you kind of have to explain why you take something on from zero. And if you can't explain it to yourself and convince yourself, you should probably let it go. Mm, Absolutely. Number three, is there something that isn't working that you need to give up? So this is called sunk cost Bias. So our tendency is to stick with things that we've put a lot of time and energy and money into, even when we need to stay away or stop. So an example is watching for a bus that never comes, staying to watch an entire movie, even when it's bad and you'd Mm. rather leave. So ask yourself, if you weren't already so involved, would you still commit or ask a friend who isn't impacted by the decision?
0: You know where this might be good is also in, in like a meeting where you feel like the conversation is just not going anywhere. Mm. Just stop it and say, you know what, let's uh, let's come back to this later when we're in a better frame of mind. Let it go. Yeah.
1: And the idea again of that sunk cost bias, you might say, oh, we have to keep sitting here and working through this because we had to schedule the meeting, call the parent, create a meeting notice. But again, if you are in a, in a movie, I was about to say a movie, a movie, a meeting that is not productive or a movie, um, you know, to think about that sunk cost bias and saying is the only reason I'm here because, you know, we did that meeting notice and we got everyone here, whereas we're not actually accomplishing anything. Mm-hmm. So number four, this is a hard one for me, but you do not need to respond to every request and you don't need to do every task. You don't need to reply to every email. You don't need to like call back to every voicemail and not all not every request needs to be responded to at all. In fact, it's good to look at your requests, so like voicemails and emails. And if there isn't an actual request or actionable item in there, just hit delete. And if there is, remind yourself you don't need to react or respond to
0: every person's request Mm. or bid for attention absolutely i struggle with that one too sarah yeah so what's an example of that um i well i always think a lot with the email example Mm -hmm. that you said getting uh i just got one where they asked me to log some data for testing accommodations and uh, it turned into this long back and forth where it turned out I only needed to do it for some of my students, but, um, you know, I I still responded and I still did it, even though I wasn't the best person to take care of that, Mm -hmm. and I didn't Mm -hmm. have all the information they needed.
1: Right. So it would have taken someone else less time to do it, but Mm -hmm. because it was in your inbox, you're the one that got back to it, which Mm -hmm. is again what I do because I like making to-do lists and checking things off. That's a great example. Um, number five, start not doing things. And this is a dangerous one. So, you know, uh, do this one at your own risk, but quietly eliminate, reverse pilot, and instead of committing, decommit. So in the book, the author talks about how in business, the CEO is the editor. So they have hundreds of things on their to-do list, but really only one to two are important. So we all need to edit So this isn't necessarily about saying no, it's about editing our commitments and options and choosing the most important things Mm. and doing them. So I've done this in my work world where I'll choose the essential things and kind of drop the other things. And um, as advice, the author does note that if it gets noticed, you can apologize and move forward. And if it doesn't, well, then maybe you don't (laughs) need to do that task anymore.
0: What's it called when the baby's brain development happens and it just shears out all of the things that, that the brain isn't using or doesn't need? It's like pruning, pruning, synaptic, pruning? synaptic pruning. Yeah, about? this is what it this is? reminds me oh, okay. of synaptic pruning when we're pruning out the things we don't need and keeping the things that we do. Oh, right. So you've got all of these webs and all of these to do's
1: and mm-hmm. you're just like, I'm going to take the super highways and yes, make those work. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah um number six develop a social contract that's what you are and aren't willing to accept in a relationship and this includes work relationships and I appreciate a term I've learned from business boss Tara Jantilly who recently got married and has another last name but she does say that these are your conditions for communication Mm -hmm. so those are your boundaries the fences around your yard as far as how to communicate with you and when Number seven and eight are our last two, and they're both about saying no. Number seven, make your no direct and simple. Don't make it too long. Don't say you'll do it later, and don't make excuses, which both helps you and the other person. And number eight, say your no right away, which is something that I struggle with. Me too. um, And might put off a little longer than I should. (laughs) So there you have it. Eight Mm -hmm. ways to let it go and clear out your schedule a bit. If you try these tips out, Let us know. Next up, we dig even deeper into letting things go emotionally. But first up, an ad break. Everyday Speech is sponsoring this episode. Everyday Speech provides a huge online library of social skills materials, including social skills videos, interactive web games, and hundreds of printable activity packets. Everyday Speech has materials for working on conversation skills, problem solving, self-regulation, and even more skills that our kiddos work with on a daily basis. With a huge library of materials and new materials being added every month, there's something for everyone. The best part is all their materials are no prep, so you've got hundreds of instant lessons ready to go. All you have to do is press play. With their advanced searching and filtering, all it takes is a couple of clicks to find the perfect material for your next session. You can get a no-obligation 30-day free trial, so you can try it out and see if it's a fit. And listeners get 10% off their first year by visiting everydayspeech.com happy. That's everydayspeech.com happy for a 30-day free trial and 10% off your first year. Running your own practice has its share of challenges and there never seems like there's enough time to get everything done that needs to be done. Administrative tasks are necessary, but so time consuming. Imagine streamlining that admin work that can take up so much of your time every day. With simple practice, you can automate client reminders to help your clients avoid missing appointments, set up auto pay and easily file insurance claims, Perfect for pediatrics and adults, Simple Practice lets you access all of your information in one place, saving you time. Simple Practice is mobile-friendly and works with any laptop or tablet. The mobile app makes seeing clients and documenting sessions seamless and easy, and their secure client portal gives your clients the ability to complete intake forms, view invoices, and make payments completely paperless, saving them time. Haven't you been waiting for something like this long enough? Visit paperlessslp.com and get started today with a 30-day free trial and run your practice the simple way. Simple practice for SLPs, it's about time. And we're back. So essentialism has helped us move forward and let things go, as in tasks. But there's another big piece of this, which is how do we let emotional things go? So, Sari, do you think it's difficult for SLPs to let things go? And if so, why? And do you struggle with this?
0: I have found that the older I get, the easier this seems to be. But I have to put a huge disclaimer out there that while, yes, I have gotten better, this is extremely hard for me to do. And I'm talking about mentally and emotionally letting things go, not physically. When it comes to letting actual things go, I am a champ. But when it comes to mistakes or misunderstandings, I can stew over them for days. I can
1: do the same. And I think many SLPs are perfectionists, but also we care a lot about people and we want things to go right mm-hmm. and we want people to like us and approve of us. So how can we let things go? Here's some things we have learned along the way.
0: For me, this is a big one. I have um, what I call a guilty nature. I don't know any other way to word that. But... Um, And just to help others understand, I am always willing to blame myself, even if I know that I did nothing wrong. I am always ready to confess to the cops that drive by me, even though I'm following all the road rules and I know I'm going the speed limit. I'm just constantly feeling as though I've messed up or am on the verge of messing up. So when I really do mess up, I kind of fester over my mistakes and feel bad about it for an extended period of time. And this is just one type of emotion that I carry around with me for too long. And letting emotional things go is really tricky. So let's share some of the tips that we have, Sarah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of us have big emotions and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's why we talk about emotions. And Mm -hmm. that's why we talk about taking good care of ourselves. And that's why we talk about being gentle with ourselves. I think we can all tend to, or a lot of us can tend to set really high expectations for ourselves and sometimes those are impossibly high, and then we don't meet them, and then we feel bad. So also with interpersonal conflicts, I can tend to blame myself. Honestly, the longer I'm in this profession, the easier it is for me to let things go. But to some degree, it's still a struggle. So here are some of
0: our tips. To start, our first tip is a brain dump. Write, speak into a recorder, go for a walk and think about it process all you want, but set a timer and be done ruminating when you are done. If it's something that's really bothering me, about 20 to 30 minutes is how long I need for this part.
1: Step two, come
0: up with a plan. If you need to
1: talk to someone who's not so close to the situation in order to develop a plan, go for it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, just write down your own plan. What that just happened... Can I actually have an action item on or make progress on, and what do I
0: need to let go? Number three, consider if your thoughts are accurate. Are you just beating yourself up? If you are stuck on feeling bad or feeling guilt, like me, write down the thought that you're thinking. What if it's true and what if it's not true? What would happen if it's true? What's the evidence that it's not true, etc.?
1: Yeah, so I'll just give an example of this. And it's, um, let's say someone at work says something negative about you. Mm -hmm. And so that makes you feel bad or says something negative about you to your supervisor. You can think, okay, what if it's true? What if I did, for example, do this wrong? What's the evidence that it's not true? And process through that way. So that's just one example. Tip four is to remember you have a plan. Implement it. And then move out of the SLP world, out of the (laughs) SLP sphere. Get your brain somewhere else. Travel, go to a concert, go out with a friend, do a hobby. Our whole world isn't just the SLP world. So getting outside of it can be
0: really helpful once we've done what we can with the situation. And our fifth tip if those overwhelming feelings come back, have a mantra or a reminder I do what I can when I can. I have a plan and I'm implementing that plan. Stay on course when possible and remind yourself you've already problem solved it. Be gentle with yourself. Any centering reminder works too. Lately I've been using, I'm patient, I am kind, because it helps me not rush and focus on people and not the task.
1: Our final tip is tip number six, or step number six, which is (laughs) gratitude, this is huge. I do believe the antidote to this worry and low-grade anxiety is action. And that's why we've got the plan and action steps. But then when we worry, and I know because I'm an expert and I worry all the time, (laughs) uh, you you can start to go down a negative cycle of what could go wrong. So start thinking about what's going right and what you're thankful about. Mm. Think about one student or a situation and write about it in your journal or just think about how it's going well and what that means. Really dig in or think of several things you're grateful for. You've got your plan
0: and you've got gratitude. Nothing can stop you now. Absolutely. And be gentle with yourself. Give yourself some grace. I have been trying this more since we discussed the strategies we'd share on this episode and making a conscious effort to not be so hard on myself. And this has made things easier. We always report on how these strategies help us. And this one really does help me. So let us know if it helps you too. Mm-hmm.
1: And up next, some SLP advice that has rocked our worlds lately and has kept us motivated. But first step, an ad break. As SLPs, we know that reading research articles is time consuming. One thing that's helped me is my membership to the Informed SLP. The Informed SLP is an advertiser on this podcast, but I pay for my own membership because it's so helpful. Let the Informed SLP help you by doing the research for you. They search all the top SLP journals every month looking for articles that are highly relevant to your daily practice, and they provide you with plain language summaries of the most clinically applicable research. It's how smart SLPs do EBP. You can join by going to the informed and you'll get 50% off your first three months with the code SLPHAPPYHOUR. Also, a big thank you to SLP Now. SLP Now is one of our sponsors. SLP Now provides materials available for your caseload at the click of a button with monthly memberships. To find out more, visit slpnow.com slash happy.
0: And we are back with some SLP advice that has changed our work or home worlds for the better. This episode's advice is aimed at helping us move forward during times of feeling perfectionism set in.
1: The advice is this. Don't be so worried about doing the wrong thing that you do
0: nothing. I cannot agree with this advice more. Worry can really hold you back from having some amazing experiences and or making your life what you want it to be. While I do carry around a sense of worry, often that I did or said something wrong, I never let it hold me back. If I had, I would never have traveled, and therefore I never would have met my husband. I never would have become an SLP or met you, Sarah, and joined this podcast. Mm
1: -hmm. And I really relate to this one, too, and it's easy to think of things for me that I've done that I wouldn't have if I had listened to you know, fear of failure or fear of what other people thought of me. So there are tons of things I wouldn't have done if I was worried about fear of failure or what other people thought of me. I wouldn't have started a clinic, started the podcast. I wouldn't be on social media as SLP happy hour. (laughs) If we let the fear of other people criticizing us or the fear of being wrong win out, there are so many things we would miss out on. So... For me, my biggest regret was waiting because of these fears. I didn't let these fears keep me from starting, but I let them delay my start. So waiting to start a business, waiting to start a podcast, waiting to start an SLP Instagram account (laughs) because I was afraid of being criticized. So that wasted time and I wish I'd been more bold, but honestly, I'm glad I finally did it. So I wish I hadn't waited so long because I was afraid of what people would think. Or that I wouldn't do it well.
0: You know, I have never regretted saying yes to an opportunity, but I have regretted saying no. So I disagree just because (laughs) I've regretted saying yes quite a lot. Being on that committee,
1: taking on that project, doing that extra thing that takes a lot of time. I think, you know, we probably all go through seasons where we need to just say no a lot. So I just happen to be there because honestly, I'm barely like juggling everything, you know, right now I've got going (laughs) on. So I need to say no a lot right now. Um, So one thing of many I admire about you, Sari, is you're kind of up for everything. And that's why you were open to doing the podcast or like when I float a wild idea to you, you're always encouraging. So for me, I can tend to imagine worst case scenarios. It's been so helpful for me to have someone that always wants to go for it. So if you're figuring out, should I say yes? Um, just think about, you know, do I have time for this? How long would it take? What would the commitment be? But also ask yourself, is this fun? Is this an activity or project that could get me out of my comfort zone in a good way, like a podcast? Uh, <laughs> will I have a good time? Uh, What is the time commitment versus the reward that I would get out of it? And what I'm talking about isn't money or selfishness here, but figuring out if you're saying yes to something you value and that you're really getting something out of it that's Mm. meaningful to you. So if so, that weights it towards yes for me. So the book Essentialism actually talks about this and that you'll probably say no more than 90% of the time. And that's certainly true for me right now, but mostly because of the phase of life and the commitments I have.
0: Right. When considering a new opportunity, be open to new things, but also be aware of the time and energy commitment.
1: So let's um, talk about how does this apply to work? Mm -hmm. So one example is at work, sometimes parents or team members may say something about a student that just isn't true. But it's true to their understanding of the situation. So in the past few years, I've gotten better at correcting things that are said. And it might be a comment about the child's communication that isn't true or the special education process that's something they read online or that's misguided. So um, I bring people back to the topic, what is true, try to be as clear as possible. But sometimes they don't want to seem like I'm correcting people. And I think in the past, I was too worried about being gentle. So my focus now is to be clear. So I need to choose clarity over gentleness. I need to value Mm -hmm. clarity over gentleness. So, so far in general, people have responded really well to this, but it's something that I'm going to continue to practice. And, you know, it doesn't get any easier to talk about really serious stuff like this. And, you know, if you feel like you're correcting people, it just feels hard, but clarity is my keyword. Am I being clear? So this also means if my boss or supervisor asked me to do something or about something, I'll say, hey, the first step on this process is fill in the blank. Shall we start here? So again, going back to my keywords here before I said, I value gentleness. I just kind of smile and nod and ignore comments that shouldn't be ignored. And now I try to remember that clarity is gift. We all need clarity so we can move forward. It's what I want from my coworkers. It's what I want to give out to others as well. So To ask ourselves, if we're, you know, being minimalist, if we are focused on essentialism, bringing that into a conversation means asking yourself, am I giving others the gift of clarity or the gift of confusion? Mm. But also by being clear, by saying things the way they are, it means we might be wrong sometimes. And I'm wrong every single day, but we try our best (laughs) to do the thing anyway.
0: Clarity and transparency are hugely important. In these situations, I always try to keep in mind too the question of what is our goal? In my work setting, it is always for the child to be successful and to get what they need. So when things get off track, I'm getting a lot better at bringing this to the mind for the team rather than participate in a back and forth that isn't focused on what's best for the student. Um, So let that conversational clutter go, too, and tune into the bigger picture. Mm -hmm.
1: I love that, Sari. And just to recap, we're zooming out, talking about essentialism for our schedules, but also essentialism in our own conversations, and specifically our own conversations at work. We're looking at the big picture since it's so easy to get caught up in the minutia, and it's a good way to bring the conversation back in. So to summarize, what are our
0: takeaways here? They are that whatever you do, don't let the fear of doing the wrong thing or the fear of criticism hold you back from doing what you need to do. Exactly. And when new opportunities present themselves, consider
1: how long would this take me? What's the time investment? And for us, at least, if it's a pretty quick time investment, chances are we'll say yes. If it's a bigger time investment, we're going to have to really think about it. And for me, I'm going to try to be more like Sari and be open to more new experiences
0: just because they sound fun. Also, if you ever wonder if you should say or do something, think of this. Would my comment lend transparency and clarity to the process? If so, you should probably say it. Also, zoom out and figure out what the ultimate goal is. And if you are working with a team, ask them what the big goal or the big picture is to get back on track.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think this is something that I'll come back to time and time again. It's something that I've really learned in this episode, which is talking about minimalism and essentialism in our conversations. Mm. And so this episode for me is one of the most actionable episodes we've posted to date. There are so many pieces of great advice um, and perspectives,
0: and I definitely learned something new. If you learned something new this episode, would you mind sharing? We talk about it every episode, yes, but those reviews on Apple Podcasts are a really big deal. They help us show that we are a legit podcast and help us get guests on the show and help new listeners find us. So please, please take a quick moment to rate and review us. We put several hours of work into each episode, but saying thank you by writing a review only takes a few moments.
1: So there you have it. That's what we have for this episode of SLP Happy Hour, and we hope you enjoyed our discussion as much as we did on how to let things go and experimenting with essentialism.
0: Consider the SLP wisdom of this episode. Don't be so worried about doing the wrong thing that you do nothing. What does that mean to you? What are you worried about doing the quote unquote wrong way? Do you need to get started on that task? If you go for it, let us know.
1: We also shared some tips on clearing your schedule, or at least really examining your schedule and figuring out how to get some of your time back. We shared eight ways to do this, which included number one, don't solve other people's problems for them. Number two, start from zero. And add on. Number three, remember sunk cost bias and give up on things you aren't enjoying or that aren't working already so you can spend your time somewhere else. Number four, remember you don't need to respond to every request or get back to every bid for attention you get, like your voicemail or your inbox, and that part of essentialism is getting back to doing the essential things. Number five, start quietly not doing things that aren't essential. It's a quick way to find out what gets noticed and what's truly important moving forward and of course this is a risky one so move forward at your own risk and if people notice and you'll take it personally don't do this but i've tried it and i've had good results number six develop social contracts and boundaries so you can free up some of your time think of it as the fence built around your yard around your property line and that could be how long it takes for you to get back to people or the length of your waiting list for screenings Or a sign on your door that says, writing IEPs, please email your request or stop by later. Number seven, make your no direct and simple. Number eight, say no right
0: away. These tips help so much, but they are a challenge. And if you want more on saying no, check out episode three of this podcast. We also talked about clearing out all that emotional energy and what to do when you feel emotionally overwhelmed. And we have six steps there and they are, number one, do a brain dump, get all your thoughts and feelings out there. Number two, come up with a plan of action. Number three, ask yourself if your thoughts are accurate and what would happen if you chose to think different thoughts. For example, instead of, I can't do this, think about evidence that isn't true and question these thoughts. Number four, remember you have a plan, start to implement it and then get out of the SLP world. Get your headspace somewhere different. Travel, go out with friends, learn something new, take a break from it. Number five, implement your action plan and have a thought you choose to think when you start to question your plan or feel overwhelmed. And last but not least, number six, remember gratitude. With action plus gratitude, you can totally tackle this. You've got this.
1: Mm -hmm. we hope you found this episode helpful informative and learned something along the way this episode has tons of how to's and actionable steps which is what we're really working towards in season two what did you think chances are you learned at least one thing you can implement right now so get going and let us know how it goes also if you'd like more actionable steps and how to's like this let us know remember by sharing our experiences with each other, we can all become stronger members of the SLP community and become more forgiving of ourselves.
0: If you learn something new from this episode, please share it with a friend. Do you know someone who is in a busy phase of life and needs to bring a little essentialism in their schedule? Do you know someone who is dealing with tons of tasks and overwhelm and who needs step-by-step guidance? Share this episode with them. And you
1: can find out more about us at slphappyhour.com or on social media
0: as SLP Happy Hour. We hope this episode was a little slice of an SLP Happy Hour for you. We enjoyed recording it. Until next time, this has been SLP Happy Hour. Let it go. Let it go. Don't round it back (laughs) (laughs) anymore.
1: Let it go. Let it go. Don't let them see you cry.